This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, the big question. Oh, yeah. Do it. <laughs> I like how you're like bored of this now. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you know, let's just do a simple, uh, how is your quarantine going? How is my quarantine going? Uh, it is okay. Mm-hmm. I think because we are in an area that's really highly infected and continues to go up and we don't have very good regulation on it. Right. I'm a little weary mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Because uh, there's no end in sight, it seems. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you just experienced your birthday during quarantine. Yeah. My 40th is coming up soon. And I, I have no doubt we're not going to be going anywhere anytime right. soon. My parents' 50th anniversary is coming up. So it's just kind of like everything's very limited. Yeah. And everything's kind of like, oh. Can someone just get it together, please? Yeah. So I would say today's the wrong day to ask me that. <laughs> but the good news is, the good uh-huh. news is that I, I was, I'm, I'm thinking of a good news. Peaches and I are still okay. And we have plenty of good things and we are healthy. How about yeah. you? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I, I, th- I feel like everybody has their ups and downs during this. Um, I do, I will say, I suspect I will have two birthdays in quarantine. Um, I think right around this time next year, maybe we'll be getting out, but uh, maybe not. Um, it's odd. I, th- I think, I know we all joke about it, but the, the, the way time has become so strange to me, I'm both shocked that it's my birthday and like, feel like it should have been years and years. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like I can't believe it's August. Right. But also it feels like it should be March of next year. <laughs> right. So September is coming up on us, uh, which is a whole different conversation because I know between the fact that there's no assistance for people who are who are struggling. Yeah. During the pandemic and during the quarantine, uh, student loan forgiveness is yeah. about to be up. Not forgiveness, but the uh, suspension is about to be up. So people are having to delve back into that. So it's a whole different thing to me that yeah. time has passed so quickly, but at the same mm-hmm. time, so slowly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always confused. That's my new state of being. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely want to come back and return to, because uh, we did productivity at the, the beginning. Right. 
And I want to come back and do it uh, just because I have new thoughts. And I think a lot of us do. Um, new thoughts and experiences on it. And so yesterday here in the U.S., was a momentous day because it was my birthday. But yes, also <laughs> because it was back to school for a lot of places. And um, already a lot of places use Zoom for classrooms. And then Zoom went out yesterday. Right. And there was this conversation of like, well, okay, <laughs> what are we going to do? And this is why Annie uses Skype. Yes. I, not a sponsor. I just have strong opinions about it. <laughs> uh, and they come up with every guest because every guest is like, what? <laughs> I haven't used Skype in 20, 20 years. 10, Everybody, 20 years. yeah. It's like a throwback. They're like, wow. Yeah. I think you're the only person. I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. We are we are professionals. We Zoom does not grant us, bequeath us with a 45-minute plus uh, right. speaking time. <laughs> yes. And when we have guests, we just like to talk to them forever and ever and ever. Well, you don't want, unless there's a hard out, you don't want that hanging over your head. That's true. Um, but, okay, so yeah, this was something else we wanted to revisit because we also, towards the beginning of pandemic, we talked about how it was impacting women specifically. And now we have some numbers, um, some more statistics. So especially now as we're, we're talking about kids going back to school and what that, that looks like for women, one in five Americans have lost their jobs during the pandemic because of childcare concerns or loss of options. And specifically, more and more women are having to give up their jobs or go part-time. Women are almost three times likelier than men to do that. Um, there's also been a drop in academic papers submitted by women, which we did mention in that previous episode. And we all lose out from that. We all lose out on their scientific contributions. Some women have started pulling essentially all-nighters maybe three to four times a week to get their work done and care for their children. And I was reading accounts from these women and it, it's just, it's unsustainable. That is unsustainable. Like you said, Samantha, if we had an end in sight, that would be one thing. It would still be miserable, but there is no end in sight. Um, and I, I just the toll that takes physically and emotionally and mentally... Uh, a recent study of 3,000 people found that women spend an average 15 hours more a week on unpaid labor as compared to men in the United States, while a study out of Australia found that in households with children, parents are putting in an extra six hours a day um, towards childcare, with over two-thirds of that falling to women. Another study out of the U.S. found that one-third of employed women reported having to do a majority of the childcare during COVID compared to only 7% of employed men. And this holds true across all wage brackets. In the U.K., a survey found that women were twice as likely to do the homeschooling and that they were considerably likelier, in the article's terms, to give up their jobs as compared to men with children the same age. It's been really interesting just to watch uh, Twitter and any of the social media with people talking and, and having conversations about how many women are coming in just trying to vent their frustrations, but at the same time seem like a good mom, you know, right. trying to play that character. So it was just such a yeah. weird dichotomy to see. And I've seen definitely men come up and, and talk about it, but it seems a lot of that is in concern to their wife or their partner, who, if we're talking about a heterosexual couple, that's what we're talking about, that... It's not necessarily they're complaining because they're like, oh, I have to do all these things. It's, oh, my wife is having to do all these things and she's having mm -hmm. to quit her job. And it's kind of like, huh, you don't find something wrong with? Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> okay. Um, but back to, so the headline from Boston.com on their findings reads, nearly half of men say they do most of the homeschooling and 3% of women agree. 80% of women say they're fully or mostly responsible for schooling during the lockdown. And we've definitely talked about that 
uh, many a times. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, some surveys are finding that upwards of two-thirds of men have reported wanting to work from home even after the pandemic with, quote, increased family time um, being their number one reason. And some women have reported that if businesses do allow for flexibility and remote working opportunities in the long run, it could be a real benefit for women. So that's interesting. And I know that we've had this back and forth because the conversation many a times has been, why can't I just do this at home? Yeah. And, and that's kind of like, well, we've proven you can. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, and and that's one of the things uh, I love about our job, Samantha, is that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I've so important to me and I don't have children. Right. I don't really have any responsibility other than making sure I'm caring for myself. That's a responsibility. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, but yeah, that that's one of the, if we're trying to silver lining it, that's what a lot of people are saying. Um, also, interestingly, apparently there's been I guess sort of similar to what you're saying, Samantha, there's been an, an argument lobbed at women um, mothers, that's basically like you should be enjoying the quality time with your kid or something is wrong with you, aka uh, you should want to stay home, you should stay home with the kids and you should like it. Right. Um, which I hadn't, again, I don't have children. This doesn't surprise me when I, I read it, but I hadn't really thought. <laughs> I mean, this is of, a whole new form of mom shaming, which yeah. you and I have talked about as coming back to an episode soon about what is this level of need to be the perfect mother. Not yeah. even like, and then what does that mean? It does, it's a completely different notion to what being a perfect father is. And then having a pandemic, we are also responsible in their all the day entertainment slash yeah. education. Yeah. No, it's definitely mom shaming just to the nth degree. I also did read it from a lot of these surveys they cited. I, I can't remember the survey, but there's been a couple of studies that have shown that um, Women consistently underreport uh, the amount of work they do, and men consistently overreport it. And there's sort of this mismatch. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, we've talked about that all the time. That you know, if a mom is a little frazzled one day and says, "I need just 15 minutes in the closet," she's a bad mom. But if a dad is like, "Oh, today I sat with my child for 15 minutes," like, "Wow, look what a good dad!" I do, think that, I do think that's changing, and. Um, I do find that uh, survey, that report that men, two-thirds of men say they would like to spend more time at home, working at home for family time, I find very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, also, part of this conversation, despite being afraid for the safety of their kids and themselves, some women don't have a choice but to send their kids back to school. They have to work, and it's impossible to work from home for one reason or another. And I think something we've brought up, you know, lack of internet, and how big of a problem that is, but also just supplies in general. Um, if you have the, if you're fortunate enough to have a little bit of leeway in your budget, and you could just go and get, you know, markers or whatever that might be, but not everyone has that. Um, and it's the same thing with, especially when we look at essential workers. Don't we look at it as, as we call, have a conversation about essential workers or domestic workers? They don't have the option to stay at home. That's right. not a thing. And and because of that, if they do have children, they have to have educations. And if they're not being offered to have it at the house. So this is a conflict of trying, yeah. and, and we've talked about it before, trying to keep people safe, but at the same time, what is feasible and what isn't. Yeah, and I've been surveying my friends who have kids about what are they doing and... um a lot of people around here are doing a pod system and 
Yeah. Uh, but you have to pay more for that. And I was like, what, really? You're okay. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same thing with like uh, PPE, even for the classrooms. Just we know we've heard the many stories of teachers having to buy their own supplies. Now add to that sanitizers, masks, yep. and all of that. And they're having to bring it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and ju- these are just tough conversations. And uh, since we don't have an end in sight, and since a lot of these things are ending, the stress is just going to compound. So I'm sure we'll have we'll be revisiting this again soon. Again. Uh, something else uh, I found that I wanted to mention that we'll definitely be revisiting probably when there are more numbers. Um, so another issue we're starting to get this data on is uh, unintended pregnancies resulting from lack of access to reproductive health services and contraception during this pandemic. According to the UN Population Fund, we might see upwards of 7 to 15 million unintended pregnancies around the world and thousands of deaths from unsafe abortions and complications during birth. It's estimated that in India alone, 26 million couples cannot access contraception, potentially leading to 2 to 3 million unintended pregnancies and 800,000 unsafe abortions. Right. And I think that's a bigger conversation we've had, and we've seen the fights uh, play out right now with access to reprodu- reproductive health care mm-hmm. and why that the conservative idea is to uh, kind of pounce on those rights right now when it could be, <laughs> when it just seems like the most worst timing ever. But yeah. That's a whole different conversation and a bigger episode that mm-hmm. we'll have to come back to. So the United Nations have warned that this pandemic could lead to decades of regression when it comes to gender equality. And that breaks my heart. Me too. So hard. It just, I cannot believe this is where we are. And the constant reactionary response that we're having from our leadership is not helping. No. It's not helping. And this is such an awful, awful place to be, to be in a bad situation and then compound it with bad policies. Yeah. And and you can, if if you're really looking for a downer, uh, (laughs) there are a lot of numbers out there about um, the economic loss as well. And it's, it can be, depending on where you read it, I mean, you're looking at like trillions lost, women losing trillions. so it, it's substantial, and um, these are just really difficult conversations that people are having to have. And uh, we would love to hear from listeners how you're handling things, uh, how's back to school going for for your kids if you have them, or if you're going back to school. Um, and you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producers, Andrew Howard and JJ Posway. Super thanks. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, Pete Buttigieg here. Maybe you know me as Mayor Pete. We know that this, the first year of the 2020s, has been one of chaos and anguish. But I believe now is the beginning of America's deciding decade, a time that will present leaders and all Americans with decisions that will shape life in this country for the rest of this century. In my new podcast, I'll be talking to people from every field whose ideas and actions 
will shape the era that is about to begin. I look at everything through a racial lens. Is this going to perpetuate systemic racism or is it going to help dismantle it? Well, the rest of the country and elected officials have to start doing that. They have to know what systemic racism is. When people protest in a country, that means they still love it enough that they still believe change is possible. I have hope that we are actually going to figure out how to allow people to be free-hearted, free thinkers. Listen to The Deciding Decade on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Amy Nelson. And I'm Sam Edis. We're the hosts of iHeart's newest podcast, What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. We both have our own businesses, and between us, we have seven children. And since the moment we met, we've been sharing our stories with each other. The thing is, we all know the stories of industry titans like Bezos and Jobs, but the stories of women, they remain incomplete. We ask questions no one else even touches. We are not afraid to get personal. So listen to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 